This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the championship edition of the Game Plan on the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and we are joined right off the top by Meg McDonald, who was front and center for the women's gymnastics repeat of a national championship. She's been there every step of the way. Uh, Meg, this is like back-to-back episodes, so I appreciate you finding time for us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Boy, uh, that was pretty impressive on Saturday night. Empty the tank was the phrase that was used quite a bit, and boy, did they. How impressive was it firsthand? I have never seen anything like it. I mean, I was talking to KJ afterwards on Saturday, and I was like, did you, like, have you seen anything like this? And she said, in 2014, it was kind of like this. I mean, it was completely lights out. Like, no one could even touch them. Unfortunately, LSU didn't have the best meet, you know, that I wish they could have had because it would have been really, really fun if both those teams would have been head-to-head. But even if LSU, in my opinion, was had their best night, I don't think OU was even touchable. That's how good they were. You know, I'll, uh, I feel like we're transparent here. So I was a little bit worried after Friday. I guess I was about the only one, but I texted you, and I'm like, everything going okay? And it was interesting mm-hmm. because it seemed as if one of the major concerns was maybe someone like a UCLA jumping up. Uh, and let's face it, that, mm-hmm. was, that wasn't the A game that we saw from the Sooners on Friday. So, Meg, for you personally, what was kind of the thought after Friday, Maggie falling off the beam, not necessarily the numbers we had consistently seen. Was there any concern after Friday's performance? Yeah, I mean, I responded to your text like, I'm not as confident as I wish I would be <laughs> on Saturday, but I even talking to Casey, I was like, I can't believe you guys pulled this off, like, on Saturday, and she was like, you doubted us? Like, all these awesome things, but it was, I've never seen really the team struggle, and it wasn't like they struggled, they still won their session, yep, absolutely. which is kind of funny, but they go, they went into the Super 6 uh, with a third high score, and that's that hasn't been done. Like, they just haven't really seen adversity before. Maggie Nichols never falls on beam. She doesn't even fall on practice. So this was just a fluke thing. The energy was just weird, you know. And even talking to KJ after, I was like, did you talk to your team on Friday night? She said, no. Hmm. I didn't talk to them after the meet. Like, we didn't say anything. But they met four times on Saturday. The coaching staff met four times to figure out what, like, their plan of attack was to talk to their team on Saturday. So it was just kind of a weird environment that I didn't really know how to feel because covering this team has been amazing because they don't make mistakes. So it's always fun to talk to happy athletes and happy coaches after every <laughs> single meet. <laughs> I, I, I equate it to what I see sometimes in softball, to where you come away from a game and you win it four to one, five to one, six to one, six, whatever it might be. And as a mm-hmm. fan, as someone who covers the team, I look at it and say, uh, boy, that was amazing. And the coaches will always say, well, you know, there's some things we can do better. I think as coaches, you always look at things where, where areas where you can improve. This team really hadn't mm-hmm. had adversity at all through most of the season. But when they when they did face it, my gosh, did they bounce back in a major way. You mentioned the incredible performance on Saturday. Meg, when did you think this had the potential to be something pretty special whenever, uh, whenever things started on Saturday? 
probably after that first rotation on bars. Because obviously I I don't want to have my ducks, but I was nervous for them. Where I right. haven't been nervous for them all season. And you never know. I mean, college athletes, they're only 20. You never know how they're actually going to face adversity. Are they going to crumble? Are they going to rise to the occasion? And they obviously rose to the occasion on that first event, bars. And once that rotation was done, they stuck every single landing. Who sticks? Like, that's an amazing stat. Six out of six landings, like, they didn't have one hop or a step or anything. So once that bar rotation wrapped up, I was like, okay, this is the night that we're going to have. <laughs> they were on fire. And then Beam, I mean, they set program, not program records, NCAA championship records on yeah. their first two events. So it was kind of just like, okay, well, they're on touchable right now. And once you had bars and beam over, those are kind of the events that you're most likely going to get a fall. And so vault and floor to me are like, they can, they can make an error, but it won't be big enough to fall. So they're, I mean, they're probably in the clear right now. And then I thought LSU just wasn't having their best needs and they couldn't really find momentum. So kind of after the first two events, I think everyone kind of had a feeling. What was, I think one of my favorite pictures that I saw was you and Chelsea Craft, and you're sitting next to each other, and you're looking back yeah. in the stands <laughs> while the uh, A.J. Jackson chalk routine is basically done by the mm -hmm. entire crowd. How cool was that, knowing yeah. that the NCAA said she couldn't do what I guess you could say is one of her kind of cool little signature moves, and what did the crowd do? Say, hey, we got you on this one, A.J. That looked pretty awesome. That was really cool, and we all saw it coming. Like, the, you know, the team has been doing it, but the crowd hasn't. And they had an amazing crowd. I mean, all their parents were there and fans, former gymnasts that were on the Oklahoma team. Like, it really says a lot about the coaching staff. They have this much support. They were so loud. They had a whole dance routine ready to go, led by Chase Cap's mother, Melanie. There was a dancer, but all the parents had a dance routine to send them off from the hotel. I mean, the support was impeccable, and they were standing the entire time. They were loud the entire time, and that helped. You just know you have them, you know, backing you out in your corner. You uh, you mentioned the dance routine, and I think that was kind of something everyone knew was coming. But how cool was that? I think it was what in the hotel before they left for the actual mm -hmm. uh, event. Take me through that and how that played out. Yeah, it's one of those new dances that you on that beat. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with it. <laughs> um, I don't know the dance, but it's pretty popular uh, within the uh, young people. <laughs> and seeing the parents do it and like totally commit, like there was no one like you, they, no one like halfway did it. Like everyone just put poured their heart and soul in it, and it was so funny. It just excited the girls, you know. Like I don't know, everyone chanting OU, all the girls were ready to go, and whatever KJ and her staff said at their team meeting that day, I saw a tweet by AJ Jackson uh right after the meetings. I know when the meeting is I I don't go to the meetings because I don't really need to be there, but TJ Jackson tweeted out first he like, put like an emoji with the eyeballs like whoa. And then the next tweet was uh KJ Kimler for president. <laughs> so whatever was said at that meeting I think had a huge impact on these athletes and how they were going to perform that night. Hey Meg, can you I mean again You've been there every step of the way. I think you've been on a majority of the road trips with this team. You were at uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, you were at Big Twelve. You were at uh, regionals, and of course now you were at the the championship. How crazy! Mm -hmm. How crazy and how fun has this ride been? 
Oh, it's been so fun. I never really could have imagined that my life, I mean, we talked about this. I never really thought my life would come back to gymnastics. Like when I was done, I was done. Like, and I was ready to move on. Like I wasn't one of those athletes that was, you know, going to miss it. Like I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like I'm ready to move on. And now that's back. And I never could have expected it. I go into a super six and covering the team, but his, the girls are amazing. The coaching staff is amazing. You know, and they're so grateful for what we did. And Stephen Thorne, who uh, we call Bronco at Intervision, he was there with me, and Kelsey Kraft was there, and the content that they were putting out was amazing. But obviously the content is amazing because the athletes are. So it was just, it was such a fun weekend, and I would think everyone that was there with me could agree. By the way, you can get all that content at Soonersports.tv, including Meg's recap, uh, also on Soonersports.com. Bronco did an incredible job. All the all the vignettes and everything you guys put together was awesome. Was there, you know, I kind of felt it from the beginning just because, I'll be honest, everything I know about gymnastics I learned from listening to you, Meg, or talking to Coach Kindler. So was there a moment this year, and I, I know we asked this question about Saturday night, but let's let's go back even further. Was there a moment where you're okay. like, oh, my gosh, they're going to do it again? When was that moment with this team in 2017 for you? For me, I think that moment came the first two weeks of season. Oh, wow. When Alabama and UCLA came and competed, you know, in Lenoble. And, oh, you just crushed them. <laughs> but, I mean, that was, I think they were two and three at the time and Oklahoma was one. And so, like, it was supposed to be an amazing meet. And, oh, you had probably one of the hardest schedules in the country. So it wasn't like they they're not, they had an undefeated season and they were just getting by, you know, because they weren't really competing against anyone. They competed against LSU in the regular season and beat them by six tenths. And it was, I think, just at the beginning of the season, this team was special. And, I mean, I saw them in the preseason. I went out for, I think I was here for, like, two weeks when I had just moved here from Denver. And I went out to practice in their first on their first official uh, practice day, and I think that was in September. So probably the first week, first the first or second week in September, and they were already doing halves, which is half bar routines, half beam routines, and but flawlessly. And that's that's kind of when you know, like at that point, most teams are probably just working on skills. And it's the first official day of practice, so they're probably you know not in the shape. They still have four months before season starts. And this team was ready to go then. And so, I i mean, on my previous teams, we weren't doing that in September. <laughs> so when I went out and practiced and saw them doing that, I was like, oh, my God, this is why they're as good as they are because they prepare and they're ready to go when preseason starts. They're not playing catch-up the entire time. Like, they're here over the summer working out, training with the coaching staff, even though in the summer they, the coaching staff can't technically tell them what to do but they can be at practice for safety reasons. So but the girls were in there. The girls chose to work out all summer. And so they came hungry and ready to win another title, I mean, last summer, you know? You know, it's so and, – and, Meg, we're going to – we're going to get all the uh, student athletes, and I and I know KJ's traveling a little bit. I hope we get a chance to talk to her on the podcast for Thursday's edition. And for those of you that subscribe through Soonersports.tv slash podcast, you'll get that episode first thing uh, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. Um, but can you even begin to put into words – I mean, all the focus has been on Maggie, and understandably so. But that, mm-hmm. lead, but that leadership this team has – 
with Chase Caps and the five other seniors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't I don't even know if we can begin to truly quantify what that leadership has meant to this team because I mean, I saw I saw young ladies that were setting the tone, that went out, that had the experience. I mean, it, I, I I was blown away with the leadership this team had, despite having a superstar freshman. Yeah, Chase is definitely someone that they're going to miss. And obviously her gymnastics is amazing. But I think just having her attitude in the gym, and she could have – and Chase is, this is why Chase is so amazing. When she had a freshman come in, that was Maggie Nichols. She could have gotten – maybe a little jealous because this was going to be her senior year. And, you know, she wanted to – I said, this is her. She doesn't want to be the star. Right. So, like, when Maggie came in, she was like, oh, this is probably great because now Maggie has to do all the interviews and I don't. Like, I am totally on board with this. But that's why Chase is so amazing. And that's the exact person you want who followed Maggie's fall on B. And she went 9-9 plus. Like, and that's the person who you want to start the meet off is Chase Cats on bars. She set the tone for that whole meet after a day before that wasn't their best. And so I'm going to miss Chase. I think the whole team's going to miss Chase. I mean, I was sitting with Chelsea Craft during the meet in her last floor routine. Like, we were pretty bummed, and she killed it, obviously. But that's the last time we're going to see Chase perform on floor. Mm, you know, awesome. so she is something really special. Was it odd going into that last rotation knowing they pretty much had it cinched up? Yeah, it was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> Just because Vault finishes, I mean, 10 minutes before the other events do. Uh-huh. Just because Demon's for our longer routine, Vault is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, four, five. And so they were done, and everyone kind of knew they had it, unless, like I was telling Jessica Cootie earlier today, they probably would have had to count a fall for it to be a meet. Right. You know, not a meet, but to not have... A, not be a shoe in and that would be that would require two falls on vault, which is probably isn't going to happen. So everyone's just kind of new, and then and then Maggie went and stuck, and like before the score came out, I mean everyone knew. So and then and then it happened, and then three other teams are still competing. So it's like, <laughs> okay, we won, but awards won't be for like twenty more minutes. <laughs> so yay! <laughs> It was a little anticlimactic, but it was it was still really cool to watch because the girls were really fired up. And what what is so cool to me is it didn't come easy. Right. You know, they had that first night, that first morning, really, where things didn't go their way. So it wasn't like they just had a light that weekend. Like, they worked for it, and they came back for it. And that was really cool to me. Hey, I'll let you go on this. And, I, and I've appreciated all the education and information and insight you've given mm-hmm. us, Ma- uh, Megan. It's awesome online right now. But being someone who has been in gymnastics basically their whole life, and as you joke, tried to get out of it and it sucked you back in. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what is, what's special about K.J. Kindler? What makes her so good? K.J. Kindler's a genius. Like, I, will, I will say that till the day I die. I have never really seen – a coach like her. Like, she's able to... So they had scenes every single meet, and they had different numbers that meant something. And she sent me an email to kind of help them out with a hype video for NCAAs. And if I pulled the email up, it's just a number. But I have no idea what they mean. Like, they're <laughs> really meaningful team, and she's totally into, like, signs. And so the first... At semifinals, the message was strength in numbers. And the team received that message the night before. 
I believe, because it was a really early start. And so it was just kind of like we're a team. Like everyone has to be a part of this, you know. Even if you don't compete and you're in the corral, like how can you help the team? And then the message on at Super Six would end on empty. And that was, and she just is so, she's able to relate to these girls and motivate them in a way that I've never seen done. And the girls love her. You know, like she's tough. She has a high standard for every, for everything and everyone. She's the most detail oriented person I've ever met in my life. Wow. But the team absolutely adores her because they can, she can get something out of them that no one else can. So awesome. Meg, I've appreciated you finding time for us. I'm glad you enjoy some time in Oklahoma now since you've been traveling so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> look, for, look forward to watching you and Jess on Spotlight, and thanks so much for uh, finding time for us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, what a, what a celebration. I mean, what a moment. National championship. We're going to go all in on Thursday's show where we'll hear from Chase Caps and Maggie Nichols and so many more coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast tailgate edition later this week. A big weekend for softball coming up. Three of the four remaining home games are sold out. There's a handful of tickets left for the April 23rd game against Baylor. Get your tickets now at Soonersports.com. Big weekend for baseball. They've got Kansas coming to town. Uh, Toby Rowland, we caught up with T-Row, who went on the road trip with the team to Michigan. And obviously, it's been a frustrating run for the baseball team, having lost now four straight games and battling that injury bug that has been so detrimental to their progress. Yeah, we need to, we need some healing hands. We need to, we need to come together and light some candles or whatever we got to do to uh, see if we can get the guys healthy again because this has definitely become a major issue. Um, and it's not that they have injuries because everybody has injuries. It's it's right. base. It's you know it's baseball you can't especially with your arms you're gonna oklahoma state's had a terrible time with injuries this year not just ou but it's the guys that are hurt i mean jake irvin's your ace um jb olsen's your closer uh, connor berry didn't pitch this weekend he's probably been your second best reliever this year and i'm not sure he hadn't been better than jb olsen to be honest with you uh they were without kyle mendenhall this weekend who has supplied the dramatics for this team in both of their conference series wins. Now, I think that's short-term. It was a back spasm issue, so hopefully he's good to go Tuesday and certainly by next weekend, I think. Um, they do have Kyle Tyler and Devin Perez back, so that's good news. they got a little bit of pitching support there. But, yeah, I mean, you can tell they're rattled by it. They're rattled by the losses over the last eight or nine days, and they're just not playing with the confidence right now that they were before. I said this on the air at one point this weekend. It felt like this year that one of their greatest strengths was just how deep they are. Like, you would see the starting lineup and you'd say, man, there are two or three guys that aren't in the lineup tonight who it's painful not to put them in the lineup. And the same with the rotation. You know, you'd pick four guys to start one week, and there'd be a couple of guys who aren't getting starts that you're like, those guys really deserve starts. And... Now the opposite feels true. It feels like they're really thin, like filling out that lineup card, getting nine bats that you trust in the lineup, and and coming up with a weekend rotation with three arms that you like. It feels hard right now. So they need uh, they got to get healthy and then see if they can find their confidence from there. But I think the the key here is there's time left, 
You know, it's not, oh, yeah, yeah, it's frustrating right now. But, Toby, there's still time. Absolutely. And the schedule's going to get a little bit more difficult with TCU looming. But you got a great – I mean, again, I know that you never want to just go ahead and chalk up a series to a win. But you've got a great chance against a Kansas, uh, Kansas team that has been struggling this year. Yeah, no, I think that their schedule's favorable. I mean, TCU's ahead of them, but they get them at home. Uh, they got to go to West Virginia. Yep. That'll be really tough. But they also have Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State still ahead on their schedule, and that's um, you know three of the bottom teams in the conference. I would still put Kansas in that category, even though they're playing better than some people thought they would. So, no, they're still in good shape. If they could, if they could find their footing here um, and just chalk it up for a little bit of a slump, then they're they're still in good shape. But uh, boy, you know, it feels like if they could go win Tuesday or what, they just need to get some confidence going. You know, they need somebody to. Go have a shut them down start. Get see maybe get JB back in there. Let him close a game. Uh, have a game where you score seven, eight, nine runs, and just kind of you know unclog the bats a little bit. Um, that's what they really need to do. The trouble is Dallas Baptist is good, so it's going to be hard to do it against them. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Again, tickets for baseball this weekend against Kansas. Uh, online at Soonersports.com. Same for that one remaining regular season home game. With tickets available, get on to Soonersports.com. Get your tickets for OU and Baylor. Everyone have a great week. We'll be back with a full gymnastics review and celebration coming up on Thursday. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.